Welcome back to the first episode of the new year, lovers and friends. More so probably lovers and friends, because I am a uh, a little scamp. But yes, welcome back to the first episode of the new year. And to kick off the new year, the first episode, to kick off the first episode of the new year, we're going to discuss thoughts, opinions, and views on the first movie of 2023, Bay Bay movie <clears throat> titled Megan. Now, originally this was supposed to be, this is a James Wan produced, Blumhouse, uh, financed or whatnot, production. And uh, originally Megan was intended to be a PG-13 movie. But thanks to the grace that is motherfucking TikTok and the dance that was in the trailers that went like cuckoo bananas viral on tiktok they quickly did some reshoots and they edited it or more accurately whittled megan down to a pg-13 a more consumable more everyone friendly film actually when i went to see it today i was surprised what that i was the only out of a, you know about three adults i was the only adult who didn't bring a child to see this movie it just proves that uh this movie's probably going to have some legs. It's going to have some staying power. But yeah, they <clears throat> they did edit Megan from the original R-rated intention to PG-13. And uh, I think it's going to pay off for them, actually. Um, I was doing some research before this podcast, and I found out that there will be an R-rated cut of Megan. be a lot more gorier. You'll get to see the, uh, the original intended... Um, vision for the movie but what i want to say you know watching this film easily one of the biggest shocks in the the first few bits of the movie is that uh at least part of this movie at least the very beginning of the the film megan takes place in uh portland oregon they go to i can't remember the name of the hospital it's the one right outside of downtown you can take a sky lift to um, I thought that was pretty interesting because I didn't see that coming. It kind of came out of nowhere that uh, Portland, Oregon, or more specifically Oregon, would be shouted out. But I, I know that downtown, uh, I almost called it a mall, that downtown hospital. Uh, I've been there quite a few times. All for good reasons, nothing bad, but uh, very recognizable. And uh, <clears throat> I can't remember her name. But I never thought that that chick from the TV show Girls would go on to star in two uh, fairly prominent horror movies. She first appeared in Jordan Peele's Get Out, and now she's starring in Megan. You know, and she is, uh, you talk about lovely beings. She is one of those lovely beings. Not so much for me. I mean, she has a pretty face. But for me, it's more so about the fact that her hair is just so silken looking and and smooth and pretty and it almost looks flawless the guy who plays uh the boss i think his name is fucking steven i could be wrong uh but the whole time or at least most of the most of the film until i pulled on my phone and google searched uh the cast of megan i would have sworn that he was the emotional damage guy from youtube but his name is actually Ronnie Chang. He's a comedian. He was uh, 
last film I saw him in actually was uh, Shang Chi, Shang Chi in the Ten. Um, sorry, Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Uh, but I, I, you know, not to be one of those people, but I completely thought that he was the guy that's you know emotional damage. I totally thought that that was that dude, but it wasn't. It's Ronnie Chang. Uh, <coughs> Another thing that kind of struck me about this film is that, especially when you're kind of blasting through the, you know, kind of, it's not not full-on montage, but it feels montage-y of Megan and the the little girl bonding and some of the things you see visually. I got some some fairly strong Bicentennial uh, Man vibes. Uh, Shout out to Robin Williams and Rest in Peace player. Uh, if you guys haven't seen Bicentennial Man, that is a quintessential Robin Williams movie to watch. It's actually a very good fucking film. Uh, it's not full-on Bicentennial Man vibes, but I was definitely picking up on a little Bicentennial vibes here and there. Um, another fact about this film you find out is that it's actually... The location for the film <clears throat> actually takes place in Seattle, Washington. And it's cool because the last time that we had a movie, I think James Wan must like Seattle, Washington, or he finds something romantic about Seattle, Washington. Because the last time we got a JW film in Seattle, Washington, it was, what, last year's or the year before's fucking James Wan's Malignant, which I just watched again for the second time, and it smacks just as hard as it did the first time. I love how fucking batshit crazy of a plot that movie is, or uh, uh, how batshit crazy of, of a plot that film has. I I don't get people sometimes when they talk about certain films and like, well, were we watching the same thing? Like, are you sure you didn't have your meth-colored glasses on? Because Malignant was the fucking shit. And if you're saying that Malignant wasn't, then you, my good sir, are ignorant about Malignant. Uh... I will, if you, if you ask me what I love the most about old school movies, I'll always tell you that I love, 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 love the practical effects, the, the practical, um, practical shit they do technology wise to bring creatures to film. I'll never shut up about, uh, the fact that James or is it? John Carpenter, James Carpenter, geez, Jensen. John Carpenter's The Thing is my favorite horror movie. And from a VFX standpoint, it's my favorite practical horror movie. Like, I don't know the specifics, but in John Carpenter's The Thing, every time that you would see a creature, you know, The Thing doing its thing, no pun intended, um you knew that those creature designs were real. They weren't, you know, computer-generated. And sometimes computer-generated imagery, well, one, computer-generated imagery, especially with the fact that we keep advancing our technology and our TVs keep going, the definitions keep going up and up and up, things that rely heavily on computer generated imagery won't stand the test of time in terms of repeat viewing 
or being able to, you know, like go and watch Ang Lee's The Hulk and try and convince yourself that Ang Lee's The Hulk creature is a real thing. You won't be able to do it because only really, really good CGI, computer-generated imagery, stands the test of time. Um, I'll give you a more prominent example before I head to my next bullet, bullet, bullet point about Megan. Give it about 15 years, if the Earth is still around, which I hope it isn't, but give it about 15 years, and uh, James Cameron's Avatar 2, The Way of Water, is going to look like a fucking cartoon. And the reason that I'm saying all this to you guys, that I've taken a little sidetrack, is because through a mix of practical and digital VFX, the makers of this film have crafted a new and very fucking creepy horror icon. When I originally heard about this uh, film, and as you guys always know to this point, I think I say it at nauseum, but I'm always looking behind the curtain, ducking under the velvet rope, you know, peeking through the drapes, digging through the trash, busting out the keyhole to look on the inside, going beyond your wildest hopes and dreams in entertainment. So I'm always wanting to know the BTS, the behind the scenes scuttlebutt and whatnot. And I'd heard about this movie. I knew about this movie for about three years, I think. Three and a half years, yeah. And uh, at the time, I thought to myself, oh my God, like, can we not, like, Chucky is the king of the killer dolls. There is none better. Everybody should bow, a, at least bend one knee to Brad Dorf, the creator and voice of Chucky. A brilliant, twisted fucking mind. Here he's a fantastically wonderful person. But when I heard about Megan, I I wasn't thrilled. And then I saw the poster, I'm like, she just looks like a fucking Karen. But then you saw the trailer and you you know, you got the eponymous dance and whatnot. I'm like, how am I not gonna see this film? And I'm Regal Unlimited? I'm like, come on. I'm Regal Unleashed at this point. Uh I wasn't expecting from everything I'd seen before the trailer, I wasn't expecting to uh be as positively tickled as I was by this film. Uh, it is a mix of practical. Like, you can definitely tell at certain points what is digital and what isn't. There's even one scene that's kind of funny. It's in the fucking... It's the scene with the bully. You've seen it in the trailers where she tells the bully to run or I think you should run now. And uh, at one point he has the Megan doll on the ground and the camera cuts to Megan and it's totally just a fucking doll face. Like I think it's it's uh for as cheap as this movie this film cost, uh they definitely pulled some shit. They definitely pulled a rabbit out of the hat with this one. Uh there's a character who is basically like the manservant to the Ronnie Chang boss character, uh Kurt. And uh he's a piece of shit who's doing insider training, like, you find out, you find out in the film that uh, Curtis has been doing a little bit of insider training, leaking uh, (laughs) (laughs) he's been leaking IP, trademarked IP, 
to other companies as a way to get back at his boss for what what I what I would assume to be uh, years of verbal and maybe sometimes physical abuse. Uh, he was definitely my top contender to uh, die first. Unfortunately, it wouldn't end up being Curtis dying until later on towards the end of the film. But uh, he was definitely someone I've seen. I'm like, yeah, I'd like to watch you get fucking killed by a, uh, a four-foot-tall girl robot. That would definitely be pretty fucking metal. Um, I don't know, personally. Sometimes in films, you see kids get bullied. Like the kid that was a bully in uh, Rob Zombie's remake of Halloween probably kind of deserved... I mean, that's the thing, though, is that murder, we all know murder is wrong. But if we're talking about movie terms, you know, the realm of a movie where it's not real, we all know that. There's always going to be moral ambiguity, I suppose. But I don't know personally... I'm sorry. I don't know if the kid that's a bully in this film deserved death. Uh, He definitely deserved to have his ear ripped off, uh, which is one of the more gorier things that you saw that kind of, (laughs) no pun intended, but stretched the boundary of the PG-13 barrier. But uh, again, I I don't know if he deserved to die. Now, granted you, spoiler warning, he dies being chased out of a forest by a four-foot-tall girl robot and ends up, it technically wasn't a kill, kind of was because it kind of wasn't because Megan just chased him out of the woods and he stumbled into the road and got fucking turned into strawberry jelly by a truck. But I, I still don't think that he deserved that. Uh, maybe a lot of years in juvenile detention and a lifetime of therapy to fix his demented, fucked-up ways of torturing children smaller than him. But I don't think that death should have been on the menu. Just live, having to live your life, the rest, having to live the rest of your life in some type of facility for troubled youth with only one ear in the memory of what happened to you, that cold, cold, I don't know, fucking September day in the forest in Seattle, Washington, should have been... The just desserts, the droids that uh, that I was looking for, so to speak. Uh, there's a scene in the movie where uh, Megan sings to the main character uh, a lovely version of Titanium. I can't remember who the artist is who sings that song, but we all know the song Titanium. Fire away, fire away. I'm not going to sing the rest of it. I'm a terrible singer. Uh, it was very touching. Uh, I was sitting there listening to it. I was like, wait a minute, I know this song. And then Megan singing it. I'm like, for such a creepy looking thing, that was very touching and heartwarming. And I kind of made me like, oh, just a little bit, just oh, oh, just a tiny bit. Uh, one of the most absurd ways, craziest batshit, cuckoo bananas, absurd ways to say you have killed something is to say when uh, so there's a scene in the movie where uh megan emulates the neighbor's dog who had attacked megan and her uh her friend i can't remember the name of the girl i want to say emily but i don't think that's right um so megan has already killed the dog and then she goes to take out the owner so she tricks the owner into the shed emulating the dog making dog noises and then uh, the lady asks Megan, what's going on? Where's my dog? And this is what Megan says to you. I quote, 
He's 34 feet southwest and approximately 5 feet deep. That has to be one of the craziest fucking ways to tell somebody that you've killed something. Like, some of the writing in this movie is like, these people definitely need fucking help. Because he's 30 feet southwest and approximately 5 feet deep. What the motherfuck? For real. Lines like that make this movie, this is going to be a pretty... Um, iconic movie and it's definitely going to have a cult following it already does it already has a cult following on tiktok this movie's actually kind of the shit um i it's in my unhumble opinion that the creators of this film have crafted something that not only will stand the test of time but is also far superior a film than the child's play remake from a few years back and uh i will tell you guys this i try to never watch bad movies and if I do, you will never know about them because I will bury, I will bury, I will bury those secrets with me. I will take them to my grave. You will never fucking know uh, that I'd seen a bad movie. And the Child's Play remake, I, I didn't, again, I had known about this film for a long time. And I desperately did not want to, especially since you've got Brad Dwarf, Dwarf, still doing Chucky sequels. He did the brilliant cult of Chucky, which ended up leading into Chucky the TV show, which if you haven't checked it out, it's two seasons, sci-fi production. It's fucking brilliant. Like, I never thought I'd be here 34 years old, almost 35 years old this year, and still be getting brand new chucky content i i never thought that uh that that would be something that i would be endeavoring upon you know so to speak uh but to circle back and not get too far outside the loop this at some points kind of does feel and you know what if motherfucking blumhouse had beaten the greedy people over at Amblin Studios or whoever the fuck owns the rights to Child's Play. Um, if they had slapped Child's Play, the Child's Play label on top of this, I would have actually, this is, this is, I would have been down for that. I would have been against it at first, but then after seeing the film, I would have been fucking down because this movie is the motherfucking tits, man. Like, I'm not even gonna lie. It's the bee's knees, his legs, his arms, and his elbows, man. It's the whole entire bee except for the stinger. Um, I do believe that this is going to stand the test of time. I, I think that it's a superior film. I can't wait to watch the the uncut version of it to get the full, uh, the full Monty, so to speak, of the film, the original vision before it blew up on TikTok off of that dance. Um, I think it's, it's a brilliant, especially if, if you're looking at it in the pantheon of like doll movies and, what they had kind of bastardized uh, the child's play with the remake. This is a far, you know, kind of does feel like a remake of the remake of child's play. And it knocks it out of the motherfucking park. One of the things that I do have an issue with in this film is the speed at which the doll goes from chill to stone cold murderer. It's very swift and alarming, you know, sort of very swift and alarming. It's a two parter. What I'm saying and, it almost doesn't, it's almost like, you know, like I said, this movie has some good writing, but I feel like 
we know the doll's going to go nuts, but we almost don't get an indication. I guess one person could surmise that the reason the doll gets bloodthirsty is because of the dog <clears throat> attacking her and kind of bites into her head and circuitry. So one may surmise that that's the reason that Megan goes nuts, but this film kind of gives you no reasoning for why Megan just decides that she wants to kill people. You know what I'm saying? Like, I guess it could be open to interpretation, but not everybody that goes to the theaters to see a film is vibrating at the same frequency of intelligence. And that's not, that's not, a, it's not a disrespectful comment. That's just a natural observation of, of human condition. Not all of us vibrate at the same emotional intelligence or, you know, just straight-up intelligence frequency that others do. We all have a different intelligence frequency that we vibrate at. I'm not trying to down anybody. I'm not calling anybody stupid. I'm just, you know, saying what it is. I, I think they could have, you know, at least spent, you know, give us five minutes at least of an of indication of why Megan has decided to lose her shit and start killing people. And the whole, you know, watch out for the main character girl. Like, I needed more than that. It just kind of, kind of in, in a bit felt like weak writing. Uh, <clears throat> the other side of that is that uh, it sort of, to me, is a warning that we should be careful how much we rely on technology. Because it seems like any movie or any film that's produced that has to deal with looking at artificial intelligence versus human life. Artificial intelligence, if it hasn't been clear to you guys, and, you know, eventually when the machines take over, we would have, we had a warning with Terminator, the whole entire Terminator franchise. We've been warned, we just don't listen because human beings are stupid as fuck, and we continue to try to tickle the testicles of playing God, even though we should not, <clears throat> definitely should not be fucking around and playing God, you know? Fucking around and playing God is what has, how the African killer bees, you know, became a prominent and dangerous thing. Fucking around and playing God is what happens, what, you know, why we have so many fucking diseases that wipe out scores of human beings. Because human beings like to fuck around. Most of us human beings like to fuck around and play God. And I, I'm trying to tell you guys, and I've been trying to tell you, and you're not listening, and I'm, I'm not going to let you drag me down with you. Fucking around too much with artificial intelligence will absolutely 100% be our fucking downfall. And I feel like this movie is kind of <clears throat> saying that. You know, it's kind of saying, hey, be careful how much you let your kids sit on your cell phone or your iPad in front of the TV or the video game console. Don't let electronics raise your children. That's kind of one of the messages in this film that's loud and clear. Uh, Another thing I picked up on is that this film is better. I, I said this previously, but I'll reiterate it, you know, or restate. I'll make a restatement or whatever. Sorry, I'm tired. My words ain't so good right now. So just, just give me a fucking break, man. It's only six days into the new year, you know. Let me do my thing, okay? The film was better than I had given it credit for. And I'm talking about from the moment I was aware that this was in production, I never thought it would be anything other than a Wish version of Chucky or Child's Play. Um, and like I said, now that I'm Regal Unleashed, uh, I have no regrets. <laughs> 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 
So, so I go and see whatever the fuck I want to. Most of the time, I'll go see a bad movie just because I'm craving, craving some of that uh, movie theater popcorn. Uh, but this movie, yes, is a far better movie than I thought. Um, that dance that went viral on TikTok, uh, we've all seen Megan do in the trailer. That shit is going to haunt me for uh, eternity in my dreams and in my waking moments. That dance will haunt me. And it haunts me even more because I saw behind-the-scenes footage where, obviously, it's a real human being playing Megan. And there's a cut of her with the mask on doing the dance, and there's a cut of her with the mask off and a real human face. And so those two cuts of that footage have kind of molded together, and it's kind of just... It's going to ravage my dreams. It's going to be something when I'm on a deathbed. I'm going to be telling my kids to come closer. and like, did I, did I tell you about how many nightmares I've had about the film Megan and that one dance scene that blew up on TikTok? And my kids are just going to be like, oh, my God, Dad, I thought you were going to say something, you know, fucking, you know, inspiring and tell us how much you love them. Like, no, no, I just want to tell you about the Megan dance. Have I told you about the Megan dance? My kids are just going to roll their eyes because I'm a fucking goon. <laughs> uh, this movie is fucking creepy and effective and you know they, they, they spare no expense John Hammond R.I.P. to a real nigga that nigga brought dinosaurs back to life man you ain't fucking with John Hammond that motherfucker was sparing that nigga was sparing no motherfucking expense you know why because he was a pimp and he had the cane to back up his pimp lean motherfucking R.I.P. to John Hammond a fictional fucking character but uh, it was very effective and creepy. And like I just said, because I'm slightly tired, uh, they spare no expense emotionally to let you know through almost every other human being character that encounters the fucking Megan doll because it is very fucking creepy and unsettling. There's, there's no uh, discerning that. If you look at Megan and you're not a little bit on edge or put off by the, the doll's existence... Yeah, you might have more than a few sandwiches short of that picnic basket. Or maybe you don't possess any sandwiches at all. You're just a picnic basket. I don't know. I'm no doctor. I can't tell you anything official. Uh, you get you get to the, the ending of the film, and there is a brilliant tease. Like, I knew <clears throat> that they would tease something, you know, towards a potential sequel. It'll be interesting to see, to see how this comes into effect we have to wait until the box office numbers and it's projected to make 20 million which is gonna you know more than more than make up for the budget of filming <clears throat> sorry more than make up for the budget of filming and the promotional materials and whatnot hold on one second i'm so sorry ladies and gentlemen i'm trying to check the uh, box office for the movie so I can let you know how much money it made. Just one second. Uh, Megan has made $2.75 million in previews. Uh, yeah, it's looking to aim for $20 million impressive debut. Um, we'll see. Uh, like I said, this shit... Blew the fuck up on TikTok. It uh, it's actually a pretty damn good film. If you're, I mean, you don't have to ask my opinion if you listen to my podcast and you already 
somewhat value my opinion on on all things entertainment. Uh, as I'd stated previously, I I feel like this film also serves, or I feel like this film serves as a cautionary tale about human beings over reliance on technology. And I'm talking about, you know, it's one thing to have a cell phone, a tablet, and you know, maybe some AirPods and smartwatch. It's another thing to put a fucking Alexa in your house to have smart locks and have everything voice controlled. Like when we get so fucking lazy that we couldn't get off our fat asses and turn the fucking thermostat down. Like when did that become a thing, you know? Or having something like, you're, you're so... When did we become so lazy that we couldn't spend 20 minutes actually getting on the internet and ordering something instead of yelling at something that most of us think is inanimate until we yell at it, but secretly your Alexa is fucking listening to you. If you don't believe me, Google Alexa device police. You'll find many cases of people being busted because someone is listening to their shit. Ring doorbells? There's a whole YouTube channel dedicated to ring doorbells being used. Amazon Amazon made a fucking show starring shit that gets caught on ring doorbells. Like, I'm kind of guilty of it to a point because I've got two smartphones. I've got one for work. I got one for personal life. When I'm not at work, I turn off my work phone so no one can get a hold of me because I am not a salary worker. Okay? You know, I have dabbled in smartwatches. Um, I am known from time to time, though, to put tape or some kind of sticker over my uh, selfie camera because if you did not know, it's not very hard to hack into a phone. There is someone... you. you all of our smart devices are just listening to us and watching us all the time. It should put you on, uh, it should put most of civilization on more of an edge than it does. For some reason, people are just, most of us are fucking sheep. You know, not to get too preach, preachy or political about something, but this, this movie really does have the, uh, the fucking cautionary tale of like, be careful how much you rely on this technology shit. Because it may be helpful, but it definitely ain't good, man. Shit's always watching and listening. But, you know, not to... Let me get off my soapbox. And uh, like I'd said a couple times before, this is a fantastic film. It's the first film of 2023. It's a horror film. Usually, it goes like this. Movies that get dropped in January are sent out to die. Because typically, they're not very good. This is a movie that breaks that fucking mold. And I like to see more movies, you know, because no month should be a month where you send a movie to die. You send a film to die. It just shouldn't. Um, but based off of everything I said and my feelings about this, it's definitely got rewatchability. I'm definitely looking forward to the R-rated cut. Uh, this movie, or this film, Megan, gets three thumbs up from me. Jensen, the beautiful, majestic motherfucking Dean Jackson, and before I head out, I'm sorry that I waited until the end of this podcast to let you know, but this movie is actually brought to you in part. It's unofficially sponsored. Today's episode is unofficially sponsored by Regal Unlimited. For $21.99 a month or 95 whatever, you can see as many movies in one day or as many movies in a week as you want to. There are no blackout periods there are no restrictions. There's none of that shit that was happening on Movie Pass. Just pay the pay the premium and see what you fucking want to see. Like I just told you a little bit ago, I sometimes I'll go see a movie I have no interest in just because I want to munch on some popcorn. Uh, 
Thank you, as always, for being faithful listeners. I love all of you, my little truffle hunters, my lovers and friends. I appreciate you for taking time out of your day to listen to this bald fuck ramble about shit. I really, it means a lot to me. I think at this point, uh, five years into the podcast, this this coming July will be the five-year anniversary. I think at this point, it's transitioned. At first, when I first started this podcast, I was doing it because the IGN Movies podcast crew kind of just abandoned me like that father who abruptly gets up uh, during dinner and announces that he's going out for a pack of cigarettes with all his luggage and never comes back. The IGN Movies crew left me. So initially I was doing this because I was trying to fill a void that they left inside of me. And then I started doing it because I was liking it. It really took off during the pandemic. And now I'm doing it because I'm leaving some sort of legacy for my children. If I, for some some unforeseen reason, I become unalive, deceased, fade to black, become one with the force, all those, you know, sayings, I will leave something for my children, you know, especially my youngest, my my little baby bear, Mateo. Uh, he won't get to spend time with me, but through these episodes, these, you know, now we're in, we're in season eight as of today, he will get to know his father. And hopefully, you know, maybe watch some of the movies that I've talked about. So that's what it's become for me. At, at almost five years into the pod, it's about legacy, leaving something of respect, ability to a degree, because I'd be talking my shit on this podcast. I think last episode I got a little too fucking lit off that fucking blood orange vodka and slipped up, fucked off, and talked about eating, uh, going down on women, which is, while it's something that I am not ashamed to admit that I love to do, sometimes you just don't need to say shit. You know, you, when, you get, when you get tipsy Jensen, you get you know, a bit of crassness. But um, anyways, ladies and gentlemen, wrap up this episode of the, the first episode of the new year, the first episode of season eight. Um, I'll catch you on the next episode. And thank you again. Thank you. Thank you. Mwah, mwah, mwah. Happy New Year's for me. This is the last day uh, to be able to say Happy New Year's. I'm not going to be saying it or hearing, hearing it from people tomorrow and moving on. You've had a week. Fuck off with that shit. Uh, but Happy New Year's. Thank you again for being faithful listeners. I love all of you, my little truffle hunters, my lovers and friends. And I will catch you on the next one. Peace.